and welcome to the podcast. You're listening to Be Uncluttered. I'm Tara Tuttle and with me is Rebecca Mazzino and together we're going to help you on your journey to a life free of clutter. Welcome. Hello, everybody. Today we are going to talk about diaries and planners and we're specifically going to talk about um, digital versus paper because Obviously, there are two options um, for use, and so we're going to have a bit of a chat about them today. Yeah, we were thinking it's the beginning of the year. Lots of people are out shopping for new systems to help keep them organised in 2019. I know that I have got my new paper diary, so I'm a paper girl all the way. But it's always at this time of year that I think, oh, should I try and get some nifty app or really make the most of the apps that are already on my phone to use as scheduling tools? but I always just revert back to paper. So we thought it's a pretty timely issue for people that are starting out their year and getting organised to go back to work and kids to go back to school, how we could get you organised. Yeah, it is. It's a good time to reassess how you do organise your time and and your schedule and your to-dos and and things like that. Because I think, I mean, we're sort of talking about diaries, but we really do keep track of our tasks in a similar way. So you know, maybe we can be covering that. We're sort of, when we're talking about planning, we're talking about all those things, aren't we? Yeah. I think the key is there's no wrong answer here. We've put the question out on social media and I've had a few responses about people that use paper or electronic. A few people use both and they they make it work for them, but we thought we'd go through some of the pros and cons of each. Now, Beck, you've got a story about a client, haven't you? Yeah, like you said, there's no right or wrong. And, and I found an interesting one day when I, I had this client. I was working for doing some work with a mortgage broking company and they had me um, hired me to come in and go to all of those mortgage brokers because they all worked from home and just help them set up their office effectively and efficiently. And so one of the brokers, oh, we were talking about the his planning and his diary and I asked him, as I always ask everybody, what do you use to keep track of your appointments? And he just all of a sudden got this really ashamed look on his face and he was all embarrassed. And I thought, well, it's not usually something that you'd be embarrassed about. So I said to him, you know, do you have, do you write all of your appointments down? Because I thought maybe he was going to say, I don't write them down. And then he said, oh, yeah, I do. I write them down. And he pulled out from his pocket this big, you know, those big, thick, fat little diaries that are one day to a page and there's like the whole year in there. So they're fat, but they're tiny. They're like a, I don't know, seven or something like that. So they're really little. So it's pocket size, but it's really thick. Really fat, yeah, because it's got one day to a page. So mm. there were like 365 pages in it. And he said, and I said, oh, okay, that's, that's, so you use that. And he said, yeah, I use this. And, and I said, well, why are you, why are you saying it that way? Does it not work for you? And he said, oh, it works for me. And I said, do you miss any appointments? And he said, no. And I said, do you forget to write it? And he said, no. And I said, well, I'm sort of trying to work out why you are ashamed of this. And he said, well, everyone else has got like a fancy app or um, uses a digital calendar and I don't and I'm really behind the times. And I just said to him, no way does that need to be an issue. There is no such thing as a right way to actually record your calendar and your appointments. And I said, if you never miss an appointment and if it works for you, then 
and you like it, then there's absolutely nothing wrong with it. And he was so relieved and it was so nice to see. He sort of felt a little bit more confident. He said, you know, he felt a bit embarrassed sometimes pulling it out in front of the others. And I said, you do what works. And I told him that I used paper as well and he felt a little bit better about that. But, you know, just that made me think that there might be other people out there who think that, you know, using a paper diary is old-fashioned or it's not, you know, um, new enough or good enough or something like that. So um, I thought... Yeah, that that was an interesting perspective on it. Yeah, well, I read an article the other day that was saying that paper diaries, sales of paper diaries have increased um, mm. for the last two years in a row. So for, there was a steady decline for 10 years or something with the age of the smartphone and everyone doing mm, everything novelty online, of it. Mm. getting really tech savvy and paper diary sales were declining and declining and then all of a sudden a couple of years ago it's just shifted and now they're on the way up and up and up and I don't know if it's because paper diaries now contain so many extras that weren't around they've had to really up their game with what they put Mm. in you can't just put the the date on the top (laughs) of the page anymore there's got to be all the extras but um apparently there's this trend where millennials are now going back to paper and I'm like hooray yeah, I don't feel like lovely. such a dinosaur anymore. <laughs> yeah, and I mean because and we might talk about this later, but I'm I use the bullet journal method, and I know from well, this is a bit geeky to admit, but from people in my bullet journal Facebook groups, <laughs> there are so many millennials in those groups, and on Instagram, there's so many you know young people that are using this paper method uh, and it, so it's really it's really having a little you know renaissance and um, you know it's it's good. I'm going to get you to talk about bullet journals a bit later because I'm that's a completely foreign concept to me I've kind <laughs> yeah. of heard bits and pieces but you're like a guru so I want you to give us the, the full lowdown so if there's anyone out there as clueless as me about bullet journaling yeah we can learn we'll have a chat about that I think we might even do I might even do an episode or not probably won't bore you into sitting in on it with me <laughs> but <laughs> maybe I'll get another bullet journaling um, person in and we can chat about it together or something um, just to save you yeah from dying of boredom yeah I don't know that I could hour. offer much <laughs> well you've always got plenty to offer Tara but you might be bored um, <laughs> so okay before we get on to that then we'll go through a few I, I had a little think a little brainstorm about all the pros and cons of digital and paper. And so I thought I'd run through those because even though I am a paper user, I actually also use digital. So I've got a mixture. And so I thought I'm I'm quite aware of what the pros and cons of both of them are. And knowing those, I think, can help people choose a little bit better which method might suit them or at least choose one method to try. Yeah. So um, digital... For me, I use a digital calendar because Mick and I need to be able to see each other's appointments. He needs to know when I'm free. Um, I need to know where he is and, you know, what we're doing and who's picking up children and, you know, if anyone's, whichever one's working over three, the other one has to not be working over three if kids, you know, need to be driven. So things like that. And uh, so we always keep a, we keep a shared Outlook calendar. But all of my, the rest of my life is all paper-based. And you just use paper, don't you, Tara? I will put reminders in my phone. I use reminders for things like pay that bill or 
things that are really time specific, like if I know that I need to call someone at a certain time because they're in another country or something like that, if they're really time specific and I need that half hour warning and reminder, I will put reminders in Mm. and I use that quite frequently, but that's not where I put my appointments or anything. I don't use the calendar function. I don't Mm. sync it with anyone. So it's just my own little heads up. And sometimes I put the reminders in, even though they're written in my diary as well. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Especially if you think that you're going to be doing something else without having your diary around you at the time, the rem- yep. you need the reminder. Yeah. All right. So that that sort of leads well into the the pros of digital because with digital things, you can use those alarms for appointments and your diary can't do that. It can't sort of walk up to you and tap you on the shoulder and say, hey, it's time to leave now. So that's where, you know, your phone alarm is really helpful. Although I was uh, chatting on the Instagram page with created by Amy last night and we've decided to uh, put a patent on um, paper diaries that also have alarms. We think that's the future. <laughs> that will uh, that might be my, my new product that I might release. That's a great idea. Yeah. So one of the biggest benefits of digital is that you don't have to rewrite anything. So if you're writing a to-do list or you're writing a project list and you've run out of space on that page and you need to go over to the next page and you need to rewrite those. Um, You don't have to do that with digital. You just move the date of the appointment or the to-do or you copy and paste or something like that and it's a lot faster so that you do save time digitally rewriting lists. Of course, if you actually did the things on your list, you wouldn't have to rewrite them, but no one's perfect. (laughs) We always have those things that carry over. And I guess as well, like you said, with with, um, syncing, you don't have to write things in multiple places. So like my husband and I, anything that relates to our family, so if the kids have a concert, if there's a dentist appointment, anything like that, if I need my husband to do it, it goes on the calendar, like the hanging calendar in the kitchen and holidays and anything family related. So he uses a digital calendar and a paper diary for work. And then I use my paper one. But then anything that crosses over where we both need to be, if we're going out for lunch as a family or something, that goes on the calendar in the kitchen so that both of us have access to that. And so I do find at times I am rewriting the same appointment in a couple of places where at least if you do it electronically, you can sync it. And then I can only imagine when my kids get to the age of, you know, having phones and then making their own appointments that they want me to drive them to and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. And that's where we've got a digital method for our family as well, because that's another pro is just that sharing. You can share it with, you know, with everybody. And we've got a cozy calendar, C-O-Z-I for our family, which my teenagers use and they can see all of our Outlook appointments in there so they know when we're working and where we are and they, when they put an appointment in for us, um, it doesn't go to my Outlook calendar. Somehow I haven't got it synced correctly but I'd get, I get a notification so then I just add it into my calendar so then I'll know where they're going to be when they're making their plans because, you know, they're 14 and 15 now and nearly 16 and so the 16-year-old especially, she's always off doing things and it's helpful to know because sometimes she'll say to me don't you remember you've got to drive me to you know such and such and I'll be like oh that's right sorry so you know I have to make sure I'm aware of that so I don't get caught out as well so that's where a good pro of the digital is that it's really easily easily shareable so what else what else can you think of 
that's a benefit of having a digital calendar. You can back it up, like it can be cloud-based and it can be backed up. And so if you lose your phone, you can then just jump on your computer and access your planner. If you're away and you haven't taken all of your devices with you, you can use someone else's device to access your calendar. So it's really quite accessible. You don't necessarily have to be carrying the one thing around with you. You can also have a search on it. So rather than flicking through your notebook to remember when you had that appointment with that person, you can just search for their name in the calendar and it'll pop up. So that's another pro of digital as well. Yeah, that's a good function. And I guess because most people that have digital calendars or apps have them on their phone and they, most people will take their phone everywhere with them. And like I know my paper diary fits in my big handbag, but if I go out in the evening and I take a little handbag, I'm not going to take my big paper diary with me. So then if I bump into someone, they say, let's catch up for coffee next week. I'm like, yeah. I'll get back to you about that because <laughs> I have no idea what I have on next week until I go home and look at my diary. So there's that convenience, I think. Mm, yeah, it is very convenient. Okay, so then what are the – we seem to have found lots of great things about digital, but are there cons, are there negative points that we need to consider as well, do you think? Yeah, this, and this is – I guess I focus on these because I'm trying to justify why I still use paper, I think. <laughs> the fact that – whatever you use needs power. So I Mm. am a bit notorious for letting my phone go flat. (laughs) And so then I would be, I think I would be hamstrung if I was out and my phone went dead and I'd be like, I can't even make the next appointment because I've got no idea. So for me, the fact that it needs power and that a lot of them will also need Wi-Fi depending on the app that you're using Um, So if you go out of coverage, which, yeah, it doesn't happen so much when you're in the big cities, but if you go travelling and stuff like that. It can happen. Well, you can even just sometimes, like there's there's been a couple of suburbs in Adelaide that I've been working at clients' houses and it's been one of those holes, one of those black spots where you can't get 3G or 4G. And so, you know, even at those times as well, that, that can be a bit of an annoyance. Um, I find one of the things, because like I said, I have my calendar on my phone. One of the things that I find I sometimes do is I'll have a thought and I'll be like, oh, I need to just check this, what time I'm doing, whatever. And I go to my phone and there's a notification on there like a text. And so then I'll read the text and then that will take me to something else. Or I'll have to like, then I'll go, oh, I'm going to check the weather. And then somehow just magically Facebook will open on my phone. And then half an (laughs) hour later, I'm like, oh, what did I pick up my phone for? And so sometimes we can get quite distracted when we are on our phones. And so so if we go to use it for a planning or a scheduling thing, we can accidentally waste time. Yeah, sometimes you just get dragged down those rabbit holes, don't mm. you? And then yeah. you come up for air and go, oh, I've just lost an hour of my life. <laughs> and we just look at screens so much, don't we? Like we're just, I feel like I'm always looking at a screen, even well, I know it's my own fault half the time, but sometimes I have to look at a screen because it's my job and it's just, it's just more, it's just more screen. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I have a, um, I get a weekly, it used to be daily, but I couldn't face the daily report anymore. Now I get a weekly report on my phone of how much time per day on average I've been spending on my phone and it's a bit, 
it's a bit confronting. So it, it I, is, yeah, isn't anything it? that takes me away from that is a good thing. Yeah. I actually got um, a notification saying your average weekly, your daily screen time average this week was 35 minutes. And I'm like, nah, it's a bug. <laughs> Something wrong. <laughs> There's no way it was just 35 minutes. I was like, uh, that's amazing. You should be proud. I know, right? I would have been had I not known that something actually had gone wrong with its calculations. <laughs> I was very, um, but I looked at it and thought, oh, I should show my husband that. <laughs> he won't know you it's wrong. You should have taken a screenshot. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dear. Um, uh, so another, what? oh, you go. I was going to say one of the things that I don't like about my phone planner is that I can't see enough. I like to be able to flip mm-hmm. the page over on a Monday morning and see my entire week and which day, like at a glance, which days are full, which days have gaps um, if I need to slot th- things in. And I really like to see that bigger picture of a mm. week or a month. And I feel like with my phone, I don't get the same visual. Yeah, it's not the same, is it? You can you can sort of look at a week at a time, but you can't see the entire week in one view. No, because if you did, it got so tiny that then you can't see the detail of the appointments. And so... Yeah, I know what you mean. And I'm, I'm like that as well. I'm a very holistic sort of person and I like to see big picture and I like to know what's happening a fair way in advance. So, yeah, I'm with you. That's, that's really hard on the phone. And I think that's why as a family we still use the old mm, the wall month calendar. to a page calendar on mm. the wall because you can see in advance like all your weekends line up and you go, oh, mm. wow, it's a busy month because every weekend is got stuff on but you know we've got a few Friday nights free or whatever it is and I like to be able to see that mm. bigger picture yeah Plus it makes your holidays feel like they're coming sooner because you can see them from a long way away <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good... and things don't sneak up on you quite as much either yeah so what about paper what do you what do you think the pros of of using the good old-fashioned paper diaries oh it's weird if I say the feeling of the paper <laughs> No, sometimes I think I love something just, good in that whole tactile. Yeah, I love I love really good quality paper, and I spend a lot of money on my planners. And people sort of be like, "What? Like, what? You would pay that much for a notebook?" But then when they feel the paper, they're like, "Ah, I get it," <laughs> because yeah, I just right. have this beautiful paper and nice thick paper, and uh, you know, there's just something about that sort of that tactile thing that that I particularly love but there's 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 obviously lots more pros and paper you don't have to be a sort of a a bit weird like me it's obviously what we were just talking about is screen screen screens and it does give us a break from our screens which I like that and I it because it doesn't distract me like my phone does I can sit down and I can I'm focused on what it is that I'm looking at uh, rather than being tempted by uh, multitasking or multi-attention giving yeah and I think it takes you back to being slow because you can't rush well you I guess you can scroll your little bit of uh, appointment into your diary but it it forces you you can't do it standing up on the run while shoving a burger into your mouth you (laughs) have to actually sit down and write Mm, yeah you can't just do it as you're walking through the shopping center or something yeah so I feel like it forces you Mm. to take a moment and there's something nice about having those little triggers in your life to make you slow down and just thinking on what you said about the money that you spend when you think that it's an item that you're going to use every day Mm. for the year it probably 
still works out to be very good value. When you think yep. of some of the other ridiculous things that we buy in our lives yeah. and how infrequently we use them and what we're prepared to pay mm, for something that, that has such an impact on your day-to-day, mm. I don't think there's – well, maybe there is too much if it's gold-plated. I might <laughs> not be sure about that. But if it's, you know, good, good quality. Mm. So another good thing about paper, which it's also a pro of digital as well, but there are so many different ways you can do things. There's a whole variety of, of ways you can do paper, and you've already mentioned quite a few of them, like there's a wall calendar, there's um, a diary, paper diary, there's there's those huge big – Year to a view wall planners, which also oh, I love. Yeah, I, knew you, I, I knew you were oh. going to say that. <laughs> they, when um, I used to work exciting. in a corporate environment, mm. I used to have them up on my wall, and it was the best. It, I think it was because I could see my holidays every day, <laughs> even if it was February and my holidays weren't booked till September. I'd be like, "They're they're on the wall. I can see them." Uh, can we know see what motivates Tara, don't we? It's holidays. <laughs> But yeah, it's it that that does excite a lot of people, and um and that so that's that pro is that you can you can look at whatever view you want, and you can see as much as you want or as little as you want, and and I like that variety. I um have invested this year in one, which at some point you and I Beck should pop some photos of our planners on our social media pages. But mm. mine this year, I wanted something because I'm a planner of all things. I wanted something where it's all together because I can find myself having a few sticky notes sticking yeah. out of my planner. Yep. So I had a separate meal planning diary last year. So mm. I had meal planning and my schedule. So I wanted the two in one this year and I've found one so I can meal plan on the same weekly page oh, as my appointments going. And it's also got um, some prompts there for goal setting. I saw some beautiful ones that have got prompts for gratitude. So you write down something yep. every morning or every week um, that you're grateful for. And I think some of those things are really awesome and Mm. the fact that you can now get them and this is what I was saying before about why maybe people are coming back to paper because paper diaries have upped their game and offer a lot more and some of those things you just can't find in an app. Yeah and I think what's what's happened is the the whole bullet journaling thing has been has had an impact I think because that method prompted a whole new way of planning and there is now this sort of movement toward customised planning and the retailers are finally catching on to that and they're going, well, we can make more money. I'm going back to being a commercial decision, but we could sell sell them a blank notebook because they all use blank notebooks, all these bullet journalers. But for someone who hasn't got time to fill out their weekly plan every week manually, let's do something that a bullet journaler would love with things like the meal planning and the goal setting and the the gratitude thing. So they sort of have looked at what bullet journalists put in their spreads and they have then done planners like that. Mm-hmm. And I think it's it's sort of it's a it's a meeting in the middle kind of thing. It's not completely customized and it would still I would find still that there would be wasted space for, because I wouldn't use some of those spots. And so again, I would still prefer to do my own. But I do understand that when I'm busy and I have to do my own um, weekly spread that I look at it and go, oh, I'll just do a really plain one because I'm really busy and having one pre-written for me might be handy. Absolutely. So I can see why they've done that new format and why it's so popular. Yeah. One thing that came up last night when I was chatting to someone about paper diaries online was the satisfaction that you get 
from drawing a line through something oh, yeah. that's completed. And because I know that there's check boxes and you can, you know, take things off the list um, in an electronic version, but there is, yeah. there's nothing more therapeutic than getting your pen and drawing a big line right through yeah. the middle of something you've finished. It's like, you know, mini victories yeah. throughout the day. Yeah, yeah. And I think I'm, there's something quite therapeutic about I agree, that. I agree. It's, um, it feels really, really good. And also, conversely, that you know how I said that an a disadvantage of digital planning is having to rewrite things. Sorry, an advantage of digital planning mm -hmm. is to not have to rewrite things. Even though rewriting things is a disadvantage on paper, it actually can help you get stuff done because you do get sick of rewriting things. You know, there'll be some times where I'll have a task and I've written it down for Monday, I don't do it. I write it down for Tuesday, I don't do it. I write it down for Wednesday, I don't do it. And then by Thursday, I'm like, oh my God, if I don't just do this I'm going to have to keep writing it forever and so I just get the task done and um, it, it actually motivates me to get more stuff done because it means I have less to write the next day a yeah, weird motivation good. but you I know like I should actually be motivated by wanting to get the task done but hey I'm a little bit different <laughs> yeah some tasks it doesn't matter how hard you try you're not going to want yeah, to well, do true. them yeah so some of the downsides of paper is like we said it's harder to share with people and this is mm. a frustration for me but one I'm willing to adapt I'm not it doesn't cause me such inconvenience that I will change my method at this mm. point it might get to that point like I said when the kids are a bit older but um, at this point I can overcome that uh, the other thing is when you lose it it's gone yeah that's the thing it's a great panic when you lose diary <laughs> Because oh. you just can't get it back again. I know. And it's quite funny because people that keep their diaries, diaries for me fall into that sentimental clutter mentality. And my husband won't appreciate me saying this, but he's a diary keeper and it comes under the guise of we need to keep them for tax reasons. I'm like, <laughs> yes, but only for seven years. Is I don't even know if it's even it's seven five years. years. Anymore, yeah. I'm like, um, we've got diaries going back a long time here. But I think it's that same thing of look how much I achieved. Mm. And if that diary goes away, it's like that year never existed. It's like it never happened. Yeah, I can see that. Um, I, I keep yeah, all mine. working towards it. Yeah, and I keep mm -hmm. all mine. But mine are um, not diaries. They're, they're journals. So they do have my weekly calendar in them. Uh, each week um, but they are also full of art and they're full of memories so I do memory pages every month uh, where I just sort of record little little things like you know I, I climbed a 21 at, at rock climbing or um, we had we went out for dinner with friends and I went and saw such and such a movie with Alison or I did this so little things like that I, I put them all in a monthly memories and so for me keeping those is a record of a record of my of my life of little things that I know I will forget. Do you have a boundary around that, Beck? Do you practice what you preach? How long do you keep them for? I'm going to keep them forever. Someone else can deal with them when I'm dead. <laughs> uh, if you die before me and your children call me, I'm going to say I'm not you with the diaries. <laughs> you would. I think you would flick through my journals and you go, "Oh, look, this is when Australia voted for same-sex marriage," and "Oh, look, this is when this happened." And she's drew a little rainbow for like it, like a time capsule. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's actually fun looking back on them. I find it fun and I, my kids do like looking back on them as well. So I'm hoping that they won't be a burden to them. One of the downsides I find of my paper diary is I need a pen and I, at, at times I could have 
20 pens in my handbag and we will do an episode about decluttering a handbag but I because I tend to think oh I, I never have a pen when I need one I'll put one in my handbag and then there are times when I can't find my car keys because they're buried under <laughs> pens in my handbag and then other times when I actually need to write something down I'm like where are all the pens so I've got can you write it in lipstick <laughs> I've got five lipsticks in here <laughs> Um, I have been known to write an appointment at a client's house in eyeliner <laughs> into my diary because I didn't have anything else in my handbag and I didn't want to look so unprofessional that I didn't even have a pen to write down my next appointment. So I just pull out a nice charcoal eyeliner <laughs> and write their appointment in. Because <laughs> uh, that's not unprofessional at all. <laughs> of an organiser. <laughs> uh. Um yeah, so I, I miss the no alarms on mine yeah. as well. If my paper diary had an alarm, I think it would be the best product ever invented. Yeah, well, I wait for you to make your millions on that one. That's a brilliant yeah. idea. Okay, thank you. <laughs> what else can you think of? Like you, you know how you were talking about that you get like little sticky notes sticking out of it and stuff like that? I do... I do have I've seen clients with before with paper planners that have been jam-packed with paperwork and so they've actually... Mm-hmm put their paperwork in there and it becomes a little bit unruly. So if you don't have paperwork system that supports your planner system, sometimes they can accidentally merge a little bit and you can end up forgetting what's in there because you've just got all this stuff shoved in there and it's not a really organised, systematic um, process. So that's one of the disadvantages. I do find that people can shove a whole lot of stuff uh, in there. Yeah, turn, turn it into a filing cabinet. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. And uh, so that can be a little bit of a, a pain. And uh, that's why I love the, the bullet journal method as well, uh, methodology, because you can, there is a way to get those into there without it being date dependent. So diaries are all date dependent. There's all of the pages have a particular purpose. And so there is, there's inflexibility in the structure. Whereas with a bullet journal, you can just say, I'm just going to um, use this next page to put all of my post-its in and put that in my index as this is my post-its page. So the next time I'm looking for a note that I think I would have written on a post-it, I can go straight to that page and it'll be on there instead of being maybe on a date, which you don't remember, um, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, that leads us perfectly into you explaining to me. So I, I get the, I guess I have seen images of bullet journaling. It's like the thing to put on Instagram, these beautiful pictures. Mm. But tell me about where it comes from because I have no idea and, and like what the methodology is behind it. Okay. So a bullet journal is not a journal. It's a method. Uh, so when people say they bullet journal, it could look like anything, um, but they use a particular methodology or a particular structure. And, again, it's it's not – it's morphed into something that's really – um, change but initially at its in its basic form it is a methodology of tracking your life so you use a particular structure in a notebook to track your appointments your to-dos your memories your ideas your notes all that kind of stuff so anything that you would normally write on a piece of paper you could track it all in the one notebook and that was the initial thing that attracted me was I saw this video. Ryder Carroll is the name of the inventor of the bullet journal methodology and he had a video on YouTube that I watched and it's a very minimalistic system. But I saw this system and I 
I tried to do notebooks before. I tried to put everything in the one notebook and to keep myself organised. And I found it inflexible because you would need to make sections for different things and then you would ru- I would run out of space in one section before I ran out of space in the other section and then that just really irritated me because there's all this wasted paper and I needed a new notebook to start that other new section but the other section wasn't full in the old notebook and blah, blah, blah. I found it really messy. And it was just this whole idea that you can have an index at the start of your notebook and then you can put anything in your notebook on any page in any order that you want and still find everything that you need. And it was like this light bulb went off over my head and I thought, oh, my gosh, all I need is the index. I don't need sections. I can just do a page at a time. And so that's pretty much what the bullet journal method is, is you just go to the next page and you just start your whatever it is that you need at that time. So if you need a to-do list for the day, then you start it on the next available page. If you need a list of all of the um, books you've ever read, then you start that on the next available page. If you need to plan out your projects, then you do that on the next page. If you need to write down a travel diary, then you do that on the next day. And so everything's all mixed up, but you can find it because there are numbers on the pages and there is an index. Does that make sense? So, yeah. So do you, how do you index it is it do you do color code thing with the different you know if you wanted to find all of your meal plans that you've put in for the year are they all color coded or are they some all people do indexed that with a with a icon or yep how, how do you search through it so let's say you had room for about 10 meal plans on a double page spread. So a spread is when you open the notebook and you can see the two open pages, two blank pages. Mm-hmm. So let's say you could fit 10 meal plans on in that particular section. Then at the top of that you would write meal plans and then on your end and then you would see what the number page number is. So if it's page 21, then on your index you'd write meal planning and then you'd write 21. And then that section oh. would stay empty until your first meal plan and then it would then you would keep adding to that section. And then even though that section, that whole spread, is that will be designated for meal planning. And so when you want to then do another page for, say, tomorrow's to-dos, you would go to the page after the meal planning, even though the meal planning page hadn't been finished, and you would start your yep. plan. And then when you do your meal, meal plan next week, you go back to page 21 and you add it. And then when that spread is full, then you go to whatever next available page is. So by then you might be up to page 40. So you go and you open that up and you write meal plan number two and if you want and you look at the page number, it's page 40, you go back to your index and you either write meal plan number two, page 42 or page 40 or on the other meal plan one next to page 21, you'd write comma 40. So you know okay, that you've cool. got a meal plan on spread starting page 21 and you've got a meal plan on spread 40. Yeah, I like that. I maybe I will listen into your book journaling. <laughs> this is fascinating. Yeah, it's great. It's really. We'll have to. I think. Yeah, we'll have to do a whole episode on that. There could some people. This could really change the way they plan. I think if you're not, um, or if you don't like being conformed to a system, yeah, which is which what is most planners want you to do, fit into that box, and this could really work for some people. That, yeah. Yeah, and I love it. Have unique ideas like you, Beth, and I think outside the square. Yeah, and so that, that original system that Ryder Carroll invented got got sort of, it's morphed, you know, and people call it bullet journaling still, but it's actually probably what what technically would be more omni-journaling because bullet journal is the Ryder Carroll system. He's even trademarked the name. So that name actually means this very minimalistic way of using um 
bullets and symbols to track ideas and thoughts and to-dos and appointments um, because there is a there are certain symbols. So like there's a dot for a to-do and there's a little arrow for um, delegated and then there's a tick for, for, for completed and then there's something else like an, maybe an exclamation mark might be for an idea and that little heart might be for a memory. And so that's mm-hmm. the really basic simplistic version. And then it just got taken up by the creatives and they've it's morphed into sort of visual art kind of method as well. So people still call that bullet journaling, but it's actually not. It's more like omni-journaling where you just put everything all in the one journal. And there are bullet journal purists out there who'll say, oh, that's not bullet journaling. Um, but then there are people who go, well, I can call it whatever I want. <laughs> I'm doing whatever I want. Yeah. And so, you know, out there there's a sort of different way of seeing it. But technically what I do with my creative spreads and my drawing and my art and not using the symbols is probably not technically bullet journaling. So it's more like an omni-journal. Uh, but I just call it bullet journaling because in the community that everyone knows what that means uh, and it's been it applied to a broad a broader range than what it originally was intended to. And I think you have completely hit the nail on the head there. This whole episode is about getting people to find what works for mm. them. So if you've had a really chaotic week and missed appointments or forgotten things, sit down and have a look at your planning system and say, why isn't this working? I had it all written down. Why did I miss those appointments? Well, maybe you need electronic reminders or if you've got things in your phone and then um, you feel like you're spending way too much time getting lost down rabbit holes maybe give paper planning a try Mm. um, and find a system that works and I think once you find a system and it clicks and you feel like you're in control then you're on a good thing and you can adapt it as your needs change but Mm. Um, don't don't stick with a system that doesn't work. Like we said, there's no right or wrong. Yeah, that's where I like that flexibility of the paper is I can just let things mm-hmm. go sometimes and change it and to, to be whatever suits me. So I read an article and I'll pop a link to this into the show notes about um, a chap called Michael and he wrote a blog about swapping his electronic planner for paper planner for two weeks And there's a few nice little notes in there um, about how he found it and, you know, that he found that he couldn't be going down the escalator at the train station and um, Mm. pull out his paper planner and write his appointment in. Um, But one thing I got out of that that I thought was really interesting and it sent me back to some lecture somewhere back at uni that I was probably only half paying attention, but um, about how writing stimulates the RAS or the reticular activating system, which is a section in your brain which filters information and brings the topic you're focusing on to the forefront of your mind. And he found that when he sat down to take a note or, you know, make a note of something, it kind of filtered all the other distractions out because his brain was focused on the paper and writing that thing down he found that he was more stimulated to be creative mm. and could focus on that topic for a lot longer than he ever found he was able to when he was putting things into his phone. So I thought that was really interesting. Mm. And it's that whole idea too, and I've talked to someone recently about this, where writing things down makes them stick in your memory mm. longer. And part of that is to do with the neural pathways that are created when you have to physically write something down um, there's more stimulation in your frontal cortex when you write something down rather than when you type it into oh, your phone. So that's quite interesting too. Yeah. Hmm. 
Um, so that's why you're more likely to remember an appointment when you've written it rather than when you've just entered it in your phone. My brain is a bit weird and my memory is really quite impaired and people kind of laugh at me when I say this and I'm like no like seriously impaired and I was late you know late to to some to an event recently um which you were at Tara and teased me about already Mm -hmm. so I was late to that event and I looked in my in my bullet journal and I had written seven o'clock down now I'd written seven o'clock down when it was actually a start time of 6 30 and I have no idea why I wrote seven down and I still don't, to this day, do not know why I wrote seven down. And so I think the writing down helps me remember, but I have to remember to write the right thing down. (laughs) Yeah, because I was going to say the invitation you sent me electronically said 6.30. So obviously... Something happened in my head. entered it electronically as well. But the memory that stuck was the writing one, the one where you... Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) That's the one that stuck. And... If I write the right time down, then I'm usually okay. But I also have a problem in my brain, and this is why I need to write everything down, is that if there is ever a change in something, my brain is very selective about which one of the things it remembers. And it's and I will not know whether <laughs> my brain is remembering the original plan or the changed plan or the third changed plan. And um, so, yeah, I don't know. I won't tell if I if I ever get dementia. I think don't think anyone will notice until I actually forget my own name, because <laughs> I'm you know I have already so many of the symptoms of confusion and, and forgetting. Okay, there's things. some good Chinese herbs we can get for that. Oh, uh, okay. To mix you up a concoction, we'll see if we can't boost your memory. Yes, that seems like a good idea. <laughs> uh, in the meantime, I'll just make sure I write write get my things right that I write down because they're the ones that I remember. Yeah, absolutely. So I think a couple of key things to take away from this episode is pick a method that works and use it until it doesn't work. And when it stops working for you, try something else. Mm. Don't overload your systems either. So Mm. if you're finding that you're being forgetful, but you're writing down your daily to-do list in with your calendar. So if you're writing, you know, wash the sheets, clean the shower, in amongst your doctor's appointment and pick Sadie up from ballet class. Um, Some things are critical and some things are not. And maybe you need to spread those two things apart. Maybe you need Mm. a separate page for to-do lists for your daily things that would be good to get done but are not critical and then keep your planner um, with your critical appointments in it. Because some people get a look at their pages and are so overwhelmed by the amount that's in there that it feels like they've got a mountain to climb every day Mm. and when you tease it out it's like look you know what you don't I understand writing do the breakfast dishes on a to-do list because there is great satisfaction in crossing that out but if that is giving you a feeling of overwhelm because it's written down as the first task on a Monday maybe keep that list mentally or write write it on a post-it note Mm. your to-do list stick it on the page as well or stick it on your kitchen bench cross those things off and then throw it out so that you don't open your diary and Mm. feel dread and want to close it and hop back into bed (laughs) I have yeah I have those what I have in my bullet journal is a page that I call my focus page and it's Mm -hmm. got a heading up the top that says to do two things at once is to do nothing at all And Mm -hmm. because I'm very scattered and chaotic and do overly multitask when I shouldn't be and I 
there's a whole oh we could do a whole episode on multitasking fascinating but I know I shouldn't do it I've got already prepped some of that for my busy one oh good that's part of why people think they're so busy oh okay cool um Mm. so I have this focus page and it's got this nice written heading in it that I've done all artistically and then I've got a post-it note and so for those kinds of days where I do need like if I'm really unfocused I do need to write down things like wipe bench and feed self and (laughs) shower um you know when I'm having one of those days then I just do that on that poster and then I have that open on my bench and then in my um weekly spread I have the appointments and the must-dos and so mm-hmm. that that does that that thing as well is that it st- it forces me to just focus on one thing at a time, uh, rather than having that mixed in with my appointments and possibly derailing um, anything really important that I've got that day that I need to. And sometimes I do timings as well because I have a very poor sense of time. And so if I I'll have in my mind I've got this twelve o'clock appointment, and. I'll be busy doing things and then at 11.30 be like, oh, that's what I got my 12 o'clock appointment and then I'll remember I haven't showered and I'll be like, oh, darn it. And so sometimes what I'll do is I'll say, okay, I'm having one of those low-focus days. So my appointment's at 12. That means I need to leave at 11.30. That means I need to have showered by, say, 10.45 so I can dress. I need to remember to eat somewhere in there as well so I'd have to eat between this time and this time. And I'll actually write a schedule with minute blocks, you know, like 10-minute blocks mm-hmm. of saying eat this, eat now, shower and dress now and then leave now and then I'll actually be, when I, it is, does get time to leave, I would have done all the things that I need to do. That helps me do that as well. Um, that focus page is working backwards of what time do I need to have this done by so that I'm not going to be late. Well, we discussed our New Year's resolutions and one of my goals was around setting some goals for the year. Mm. And so one of the things I've found um, for my diary that I'm already starting to implement is it's got weekly goals and monthly goals Mm -hmm. on the same page. There's a little reminder in the corner. And for me, it's almost the opposite. I get so bogged down in my day-to-day that sometimes I forget to Mm. put my head up and look around and think, hang on, what am I what, are, what is my aim for the month? What am I striving towards? Because I can get so lost in the day-to-day work and the kids and the house and walking the dog and all of that stuff that then when I get a spare minute, I'm not quite sure where to direct that. So I've devoted this set corner of my page to um, reminding me that if I've got time, oh, yeah, my goal for the month was to connect with some community groups in the area and so now if I find a space there's within my week on that same page when I'm looking at what else I need to get done Mm. it's like that's right okay put put your head up and look at the the bigger picture and try and start taking some steps toward those goals so I found I found that's really helping me already this year to um, stay focused on some of the bigger tasks and not get too yeah way down I've got that as a tracker on my weekly spread as well is to work on projects so make time for the projects mm-hmm. not just the everyday they, I do a very similar thing it's got that little reminder of have you have you it's basically have you done half an hour on a project so I need uh, every day to go and look at my project page and choose a task from one of my projects that isn't urgent it's it's important to me but mm-hmm. it's not urgent that day um, and try and spend a bit of time on that so yeah I, I use my bullet journal to remind me to do the same thing don't always do it, of course, <laughs> but it's the reminder there. That's okay. Intention is half the battle. <laughs> it really is. And, you know, like when, when you get me unbusy, Tara, then that will be, I'll, I'll be able to do that a bit better. Um, and maybe if I Absolutely. ban myself from Facebook a bit. Facebook is so much fun. And we have, now that we've got the Be Uncluttered Facebook page, I've got one more thing to have fun with too. So. Oh, see, 
But I knew we teamed up for a reason. <laughs> so that you didn't do have this to do without it. you and your love of Facebook. <laughs> Um, so I, we would, speaking of our groups, we would love to hear from you. If you think, oh, they haven't mentioned this planner or this way of recording oh, yes, things, cause it's three billion please things. let us know. We would love, yeah, we'd love to hear from you. And there's, I'm sure you guys have some great tips as well that you can share with some of our other listeners. So please connect with us or send us an email and we can um, mention your tips on another episode because, you know, if we all come together as a bit of community, mm. we'll, uh, We'll all be perfectly scheduled for the rest of 2019. Mm-hmm. So you've got some uh, an interesting development, haven't you, Beck, to discuss with us? I have. So now that we've finished with today's episode, we Tara and I have decided that this year in 2019, what we're going to do is we're going to issue you a little challenge every week to do. And it's not going to necessarily be related to the episode's subject. And you'll see in a minute based on today's challenge that it has nothing to do with the episode so we're going to do a little challenge every week for you to declutter a part of your life and we're going to start with something that is pretty easy and occasionally we might throw in a more challenging one but uh, we're going to just give you something to do that you can um, focus on for the week and it will help you on your journey to to be a little bit less cluttered so this week we are starting with something that I would say 99.9 of you lovely listeners have in your house and that is coffee mugs. And I can already hear the sighs and feel the eyes rolling as people are on their commute and go, oh, coffee mugs. Um, do you have some at the back of your cupboard that you don't use, the Chris Kringle gift from work last year or, you know, something that great auntie Mildred gave you three Christmases ago that you never used because it's got a picture of the queen on it or something like that do you have more than enough mugs a little hint to figure out if you have more than you really need is to think about if you ever run out of mugs between loads in the dishwasher or do you ever find yourself having to wash up a mug before you make your coffee if that's the case then you probably have the right amount But if you never run out of coffee mugs, and I must admit I never run out of coffee mugs, then maybe decluttering is a good idea. So we would love to see if you get rid of one or two or many and post a pic on our Facebook page or tag us um, in an Instagram shot to show us how many you've managed to cull. And don't just throw them in the bin. We don't want to encourage wastage. We'd love you to donate them. So find a hospital or a nursing home, maybe a school or a sustainable cafe in your area. Otherwise, they can go to charity shops. The other thing you could consider doing is um, upcycling them, turning them into something else. I've got a few of my favourite mugs that have handles missing or are slightly cracked and they are now the pen pots in um, on my desk and on my kids desks so maybe you can think of another use they could hold nuts and bolts in the garage if you need a new pot in there so think of how you could use them and then share that with us we'd love to hear what you've done with your coffee mugs this week thanks for joining us if you've enjoyed this please leave a review or a rating and tell your friends about us if they too would like to be uncluttered if you would like to connect with us you can find us at beuncluttered.com.au or on facebook or instagram or on our personal pages at clearspace.net.au and basklifecoaching.com.